Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hi there, this is Susie Price, and welcome to my very first podcast for Wake Up Eager Workforce. In this podcast, I bring you more than 20 years of experience in employee selection and professional development in my roles as a professional facilitator, consultant, trainer, author, leader, and human resource professional. So if you're looking to build a Wake Up Eager Workforce, you're in the right place, and I'm glad you're here, really glad you're here. And I want to let you know that the show notes for today's broadcast can be found at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash disc, D-I-S-C. The title for today's program is The Power of Focusing on Strengths and Using the Disc Assessment in Professional Development. So today we're going to talk about how focusing on strengths brings out the best in others and contributes to the bottom line. We're going to look at one of the assessment tools I use, the DISC assessment, and I'm going to tell you more about it and how it, how it can help people better understand their strengths and how it helped me at one point in my life and continues to help me. We're, I'm going to interview and share with you an interview I had with a consultant so you can see how she's using the DISC assessment to build teams. And then I'm going to close out this first episode. At the end, I'm going to go into more detail about what you can expect in future episodes. So I'm really glad you're here. Let's get started. Uh, the, what we're going to start out with is talking about the power of focusing on strengths. I'm going to start with telling you a little bit of a, a short story about how I first understood strengths in the workplace. And then I'm going to go into some statistics around the power of focusing on strengths. So uh, 20 years ago, I was working for an international company, and I really enjoyed the job. I liked the work. I was learning about facilitation. It was internal consulting. It was professional development and human resource work, leadership. It was awesome. It was a, a wonderful experience. But I was having problems in the job, and the problem, in my opinion at the time, was my boss, Betty. She was just difficult. That's what I thought. And I thought that she wasn't very helpful. She didn't communicate a lot. She was somebody who critiqued and um, found what was wrong with things more than shared what was right. And so while I was excited about the job, I wasn't very excited about my boss. And I was thinking about leaving. Um, and I was really torn. So in the midst of all of that internal turmoil that I was having, we had a group approach our department and ask us to do a pilot around an assessment called the DISC assessment. It's a communication style assessment that helps people figure out how, you know, their preferences around communicating. And they wanted us to try it out as a team and to test it before they considered rolling it out to the entire organization. So I took the assessment. It took about 15 minutes to complete it online. I got a very detailed report that looked like somebody had talked to my parents and my best friends to figure out, um, you know, describe me and show my strengths and show my blind spots. And I had a lot of strengths and I had a lot of blind spots. But guess what? So did my boss, Betty. And the other interesting thing that I saw, not only learning about my strengths, but I could see what her strengths were. And I could also see that we were very different. If you were going to use famous names to talk about the different disc styles, my style would be kind of like a combination of Donald Trump and Dolly Parton. You know, very assertive, a risk taker, talks a lot, optimism, likes to cheerlead, encourage. And Betty's style 
Well, the best example I can think of was Spock from Star Trek. Uh, very serious, very reserved, not a lot of communication, very smart, very accurate, very analytical. So we were on opposite sides in regard to our communication style strengths and our blind spots. And the funny thing is, is that we could really help each other. She could help me analyze and be more accurate in what I was moving forward with. I could help her not overanalyze. I mean, there were so many ways we balanced each other out, but we kind of needed the assessment to, to realize that we had these differences and that because we were different, we weren't wrong. We just had differences, differences in our strengths and that there is diversity, in diversity, there is strength. So before the assessment, neither one of us were budging. We both thought we were right and we never said anything. It was all undercurrent, you know, vibe going on between us. We were both impatient with each other. And after the assessment, while everything wasn't uh, rosy and perfect, I did put my resume away and stay much longer. And we hammered out a good relationship with each other by adapting to each other and by appreciating our strengths. And so what I came to understand is people aren't always difficult. They're just different. And finding ways to find out what those differences are and looking for their strengths is very powerful. And the DISC assessment, which I'll tell you more about in a moment, is uh, one of those tools that can help you focus on strengths. And the, there is power in focusing on strengths. That's the title of the program today. And I want to read to you some statistics from the Gallup organization. These have long been documented and continuously get updated. And they have very valid research, Gallup does. They do meta-analytical research, um, which is basically says broad and deep. And so they can back up what they're, share, what they're sharing in their research. So based on the research and strength with around strengths, if you just learn about your strengths, you're 8% more productive than when you weren't aware of your strengths. So as soon as I got my assessment, we were focusing on my strengths. According to this statistic, and I could say that's true, I was 8% more effective and productive. If you're using your strengths on the job, they've been able to determine that you're six times more likely to be engaged and committed to the work. Makes sense, doesn't it? We like to do what we like to do, and we like to do our strengths, and sometimes we don't really know what our strengths are, and our, our people around us don't know what our strengths are, so we're not using them consciously, and we're not leveraging them on the job. But people who do are six times more likely to be engaged and committed to their job. And they're three times more likely to say, hey, I have a high quality of life. They tend to laugh more. Um, they have a, a greater, higher sense of well-being. Um, they have a lot of more self-respect and more confidence. There's a lot of power in using strengths. In addition, when managers get really good at focusing on strengths, those managers who focus on strengths within their team, helping their team, team members use their strengths more on the job every day, are 86% more effective than managers who don't focus on strengths and don't help their people leverage and use their strengths. And another wow statistic is Gallup interviewed millions and millions of employees and uh, all over the world in different industries. And they took 25 person teams and they found that the teams that were uh, able to say that I use my strengths on the job every day, they were 44% more likely to excel in customer service and 38% more productive. So every team was 44% more likely to excel in customer service and 38% more productive. That's Those are huge gains just based on people focusing on strengths. So there's a bottom line impact to this power of getting managers to focus on strengths. 
And um, focusing on strengths is actually more important, in my view, than focusing on development opportunities or weaknesses. Because oftentimes when we understand our strengths, our strengths are something we can overdo when we're not aware. So they that actually becomes our development opportunity. And most people are not aware of their strengths. Uh, more Gallup research is three out of four adults cannot name their strengths and they're not using them on the job. So no wonder we have this this challenge with engagement and commitment on the job. Every year they roll out new numbers. Large numbers of the workforce population is not engaged in their work. Many of us have seen that. If we're in the development world, we see that on a regular basis. People don't know what their strengths are, and they're not making choices based on them. The managers aren't managing based on strengths. And so you have this conundrum about, okay, I'm not getting to do what I naturally do best on the job, so I'm not as committed. So strengths matter. They're very important. And uh, I have actually written an article, 19 Little, little Known Reasons Why Your Strengths Matter, that actually uh, recap what I've just talked about, plus it adds some other statistics in there. And it gives you some tips around, as an individual, how to use your strengths more. And you can find that article in the show notes. And the show notes can be found at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash disc, D-I-S-C, and the disc is lowercase. And in addition, I didn't know this until recently. I listened to a lot of podcasts, so I don't know how I missed this. But if you're on your iPhone and you're listening to this and you're curious about that article that I just mentioned, all you do is you push, click on our cover art. They call it album art, where you see my picture and you see Wake Up Be Your Workforce. Click on that. It'll slide back, and there are the show notes right there. So you'll see the link to the article, 19 Little Known Reasons Why Your Strengths Matter, if you wanted to click on that. And you'll see all the show notes there. Okay, so now what I want to mention to you, we're going to move on next to more about the tools that I use to help leaders focus on their strengths. I'm going to go into a little bit more information around exactly what is the DISC assessment for those of you who are not familiar with it. Um, but I want to just share with you an offer, and that is that you know strengths do matter, and I have a complimentary consultation. So if you've just heard those statistics and you're thinking about, okay, I want to be a manager, or I want my managers on my team, or I want the teams that I support to do a better job of uh, managing based on strengths, give me a call, and I'll give you a link, and we'll do a complimentary consultation. We'll talk about what what you're thinking about. We'll look at some of the tools that I'm aware of, either stuff I do or that other people do that might be a match for you. And um, it's a phone call. It's complimentary and there's no obligation. But you can contact me. Go to pricelessprofessional.com, Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, and that's lowercase. And uh, there's a form there. You can fill that out, send me a note, and we'll schedule some time to talk. Okay? So now let's go into the tools that I use to help leaders uh, focus on and build strengths on their teams. There's the DISC assessment, which I'm going to go in detail about. I also will use DISC with another assessment called Workplace Motivators. So, And the DISC assessment is externally seeing how people behave. And I use a lot of car analogies in my work. So the DISC assessment uh, would be, if you're using a car analogy, how people would describe how you drive. Okay, so you're in the car. If you're certain DISC styles, you drive fast. If you are another DISC style, you're very cautious. So it's how you tend to drive. It's not all of you. It's just what people see and how they would describe you. The disc with the motivators gives you how people describe you and how you drive. Plus, it tells you with the motivators what's put, what puts gas in your tank. So the workplace motivators is not visible by others, but it really does help people understand, okay, these are the things that give me energy. It's the things I'm interested in personally and professionally. 
and if you, your motivators actually drive your behavior. So that is a, an assessment we'll talk about in, I think, the next podcast so you can learn more about it. And then the third tool is a combination of the DISC, the motivators, and another assessment called the acumen. And sticking with my car analogy, the acumen measures what's under the hood. So it gives you insight into intangible skills, personal skills, competencies, and you can see things that you can't see visibly like you can with the DISC. And it's not about like putting gas in your car. It's more about how some people are thinking and making decisions. So... Those are the three tools that I use for hiring, and then I'll also use it for coaching and team development. Another tool that can be powerful is to do a team survey, and I have a lot of tools uh, about that and articles about that on my website, and I'll do future podcasts around the best way to do a team survey, how to use it as a leader or a trainer or a consultant, um, so look forward to that. But I chose, let's go back to the DISC assessment first, since that's what we're covering today. I chose the DISC assessment over the Berkman, Myers-Briggs, HBDI, Strength Finders. There's all kinds of assessments out there that are behavioral, and they're great. All of those are good assessments, but what I found with the DISC is it was the quickest for people to understand, because almost everybody likes to read an assessment about themselves. It's always interesting. Tell me more about me. Please, let's talk about me. Um, so we all like that, but the goal is how can I enjoy getting the feedback and then do something with it? So with the DISC, it seemed like the best combination. People can understand the basic premise of it quickly. They tend to not resist their results. Most people say I've done thousands of DISC assessments, and I would say 85% say, okay, that is like me or pretty much like me. And the people who disagree, they still say, well, you know, there's a lot of parts of that that are like me. So that is important in training and development. The people aren't resisting what you're doing. And so DISC is, uh, the DISC assessment helps in that way. And plus, it's very applicable. You can actually begin using it right away to adapt your style, to start understanding, like I did with Betty. What does Betty need from me? And I'm going to do do differently, do some things differently. I'm going to not be my style when I'm interacting with her. And I'm going to go towards her and do some things that work for her. And so that's what DISC does. It's very popular. Many people use it. Um, it's a simple and smart way to understand human behavior, and it really does help improve communication effectiveness with your with others, uh, personally and professionally. So it measures uh, communication style. It tells you a little bit about how someone's going to respond to problems or challenges. You're going to see how they influence others, how they tend to do that. You're going to see what kind of pace they tend to keep, and you're going to see how they tend to respond to rules and procedures, and it starts to give you a picture of how they're going to interact and what they, what their preferences are and some of their strengths. Uh, the DISC assessment doesn't measure education, experience, values, or intelligence. So it's while it's a really cool tool, sometimes it does get over-applied when people don't keep this in mind. You know, it only measures behavior, what people see. And there is power in that. Uh, but it's not enough power to make a hiring decision around it or it alone or, you know, a promotion decision based on style. It's just not uh, enough of a view of a person. That's why I use the other assessments um, added onto the DISC, the, the motivators and the acumen for the trimetrics to uh, help 
get a fuller picture of an individual because the Department of Labor says if you're going to use uh, an assessment to make any kind of decisions for hiring or for development, you want to get at least three views of a person. So the disc is just one view. It's what people see. So you want at least three views. And then when you are using the assessment to make any decisions, make sure it's less than 30% of any decision that you that you make. So you have to, the Department of Labor wants you to make sure you're including experience and intuition and interviews and uh, other things, not just don't make decisions based on assessments. So I did a video a while back about my, what I thought are the top 10 uses for the DISC assessment, and I will share that link on the show notes to the video. But I'm going to run through the top 10 uses for the DISC assessment right now just to give you a uh, uh, an idea of how it can be used. So we've talked about strengths, how important it is to uh, use your strengths. We've talked about what the DISC assessment is and how I first learned about it and how it can help people. Now let's look at how you as a leader of an organization or a team or as a trainer or consultant could potentially use the DISC assessment in your uh, work. So number 10, team building. So you can have the entire team take the DISC assessment. You can create this summary report that shows where everybody is on the on the DISC style. We have, there's a wheel there that you can use to demonstrate that. It's a nice visual. People immediately get where the differences are. You, for in my case, you would see me on one side and you'd see Betty on the other. So it's very clear that we're very different. And those differences can either hinder our dialogue or really we can work to help work together. But the team building, another thing is you, um, there's a tool that I use called a talent tracker and you basically individuals get a sheet with their graphs on it and they, and they fill it out and they say, okay, here's my, how I add value to the organization. Here's how I do want you to communicate with me. Here's how I don't want you to communicate with me. Here's what I'm going to work on. One of my development opportunities. Here's my greatest strengths. So it's a little worksheet that all that information comes from the assessment. People fill it out and then they share it with each other on a team and have a dialogue. And it's so valuable for, to have a team to be talking about behaviors. So behaviors get in the way on a team when people aren't willing to talk about their behaviors and how they're interacting. Then it just becomes an undercurrent on a team. So the DISC just brings that all to light. Um, there's all kinds of cool exercises you can do around that to build the team. With the DISC assessment is just the tool, and all these assessments are basically tools to facilitate awareness and to facilitate dialogue. So number 10, team building. Number nine out of the top 10 uses for the DISC assessment is skill building. You can use it in leadership, customer service, sales. You help people understand perceptions of others, build their own uh, self-awareness of how they come across to others, and they, you can use it to help them figure out, okay, how do I need to adapt my style to this boss, to this client, to this employee? Number eight, coaching and mentoring. So one-on-one -on -one, uh, conversations. It helps me when I'm coaching if I better understand another style, how I need to adapt, how I'm communicating. Helps me be more objective so I don't try to coach them to be like me because we all think our style is the smart way to go. It's natural to own your style. So it just helps me be more objective, helps me appreciate where they are, to appreciate, helps me understand some of their natural tendencies based on their style, helps me tune into their needs, helps me tune into their strengths. If they're talking about a particular goal or problem, sometimes it can be a style problem and it's about overuse of one of their styles. So it, it, coaching and mentoring becomes faster, easier, easier, more effective. Number seven, you can use it to activate your own motivators and strengths. So as you better understand how, what your strengths are, you can do more of them and embrace them more. 
And number six, if you, if you can't do the helping others until you know your own, so you need to do number seven first, and that is understanding how to activate your own strengths. But number six is help others activate their own strengths and motivators. We can't give what we don't already have. So once we get good at it, we can get really good at helping others get good at seeing their, their strengths and helping them use them more. So you could be one of those managers who is 86% more effective than managers who don't help others lead based on strengths or work based on their strengths. It can help you manage your blind spots. Blind spots, if you think about driving, what's a blind spot in the car? It is something everybody else sees, but you're the driver and you don't see it. Well, the DISC assessment is perfect for that because it's usually a strength that we're doing too much of. So it can help you manage your blind spots. It can help you look at, laugh at, and help others manage their blind spots. That's number four. So you can help others quickly see it kind of ties with the coaching and mentoring. But you can help friends, colleagues understand, fill in their blind spots because maybe you have a strength like with Betty and I. I had a strength that she didn't have. She had a strength that I didn't necessarily have, and we could cover each other. Number three, facilitate and manage conflict. It makes it so much easier when you understand another person's style and how two people are trying to interact, you can very quickly facilitate a conversation around conflict and help them better understand each other. And that makes that a whole lot easier than if you're just trying to have a blank conversation with no tool like the DISC assessment talking about differences and similarities. Number two, increase self-confidence. So as you become aware of your strengths and other strengths, what you start to see is, okay, I'm pretty special the way I am, and I'm not going to judge myself for not having a strength over there in that category because I have these strengths over here. And I think people, sometimes their lack of uh, lower confidence, some of it relates to judging their style and judging how they communicate or having in the past because they haven't managed their style they overused it, having been judged for that. And so it just takes all of that away and can help people increase their self-confidence. And the last out of the top 10 is increase unconditional love. So when you're looking at the world through the lens of strengths, blind spots, through tools like the DISC and the workplace motivators and the acumen, mostly the DISC is what we're talking about here, you really begin to just feel such appreciation for all the diversity in the world and how much value people who are doing things differently from you add to the picture. And it just, the judgment goes away. I have become a better person in my life based on these tools. I'm more understanding. I'm less impatient. Um, I'm, I feel loving towards people in a way that I don't think I easily got to before uh, because I would either judge or I was judging myself. So it just is over time, it can become a very powerful tool in that way. So those are my top 10. And again, there's a video link that I will make available to you. So we've talked about the top 10 uses for DISC. We've talked about why uh, strengths matter. We've talked about what the DISC assessment is. And again, I want to just mention here that I do do complimentary consultations. If any of this is interest to you, there's no obligation. Give me a call. We'll talk by phone. We'll figure out if anything of this, any of this would be a match or not a match. And, um, or like I said, if I have other information that could help you, or maybe I have some tools that you could use right now, I'd be happy to share them with you. So you go to, to reach me. There's a form at pricelessprofessional.com, Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, and that's Susie lowercase. You can reach me there or you can just send me a note. And if you have questions or anything like that. 
So now we're going to go to an interview that I did with Sandy Peterson, um, and she's going to introduce herself, and we'll talk through her background. But she did go through the TTI, which is my vendor who I use for assessments. Uh, she went through the TTI self-study DISC certification with me. And so she gets certified in DISC, and she uses it uh, to help teams. So we'll go to that interview now, and then we'll be back. Okay, Sandy, I'm so glad you're here. appreciate you dialing in today to talk about you. And why don't we start with tell me a little bit about you and uh, where you work, what you do, and anything else that you're willing to tell us about you that's interesting and fun. <laughs> sure. I'm happy to do that. Um, I am the HR manager and an HR consultant with a CPA and business consulting firm, um, Markham Norton Mostella Wright, which I know is quite a lengthy name, but it's the names of the four partners. And we are have offices in um, Fort Myers, Florida, and Naples as well. I have been with that for... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, how long have you been there? You were right there. I've been with them for going on to 14 years. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's been great. Fabulous um, firm. Um, we have won best places to work for four years in a row. Just a, a tremendous culture. And I think a big piece of that does have to do, um, we're talking about the DISC today, but it does talk about delving into that side of it and understanding how we work together. It's totally a team environment. And so that's that's a huge piece of it. Um, my background, uh, I have a BA in psychology from the University of Missouri in St. Louis, and I'm also um, an SPHR, which is a senior professional in human resources, and also a SHRM, Society of Human Resource Management, senior certified professional. Um, I'm certified in Myers-Briggs as well as in the DISC and also in the activity vector analysis, which was around quite a while ago. So I've been doing HR for ooh, 20 years. Awesome. So that's neat that um, uh, your company is one of the great place to work companies. Yeah, it really is. It, it's a great place to work. Yeah. And so, how many employees um, approximately are there in that company? Right now we right now we have forty. Um, during tax season, of course, as a CPA it's firm, balloons. we bring in yep. a couple of seasonal people, um, and it's great to have those people. Um, but you know, a certified public accounting firm is no longer just tax season anymore. We are busy year round with a variety of things. Um, financial planning, and of course the consulting side. We work with a lot of um, medical clients. Um, uh -huh. There are quite a few practices that we kind of specialize in and helping guide them and through um, how to be successful and um, and that is everything from the financial side to the people side of their business, which is where I got involved. So um, about seven, eight years ago, I guess, um, as HR, a lot of times um, people call their CPA because that's who they trust. And so they would right. call in and say, um, you know, what should I do about such and such? Well, the CPAs know the CPA side of things, not HR. And right. so um, those calls kept being forwarded to me um, for response. And uh, it just seemed like a natural progression um, to kind of develop this um, 
consulting niche for HR. So I work with many of our small business clients who sometimes they have an HR person, many times they don't because they're smaller and they just need guidance. Uh, I, so I do everything from writing policy manuals to um, answering those questions to helping them hire the right people um, and then team building too, which is uh, again where the DISC um, has a big place. So it's been very helpful. Wow, it sounds like your role there is very exciting, and the way it's expanded has to be fulfilling. It is. It's it's really fun. I'm one of those people who needs constant change and a constant challenge. So uh, consulting is always challenging because no two days are the same, so that makes it really yeah. fun. Yeah. So. It's a real good fit, it sounds like. You can hear, hear it, it in is. your voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking today earlier on. I had talked on the uh, on this episode about the power of knowing what your strengths are, and that one of those tools that can help people better understand their strengths and figure out how not to overuse them is the DISC assessment. And I've already gone into an overview of what it is and how it can be used a little bit, but I'd love to go into more detail around it with you since you're using it and since you got certified in it. Uh, talk to me a little bit about why you decided to start using that particular assessment because it sounds like you're familiar with other assessments. Maybe you use those with it. Just tell us a little bit about why you decided to use it, how you found it, a little bit of that. Well, actually, I kind of fell into the DISC um, about 20 years ago. At the time, I was working um, with an outplacement firm in St. Louis, and uh, back in the 90s, there were a lot of um, executives who were being downsized, and one of the things they would get with their severance package would be executives, um, secretarial, and um, uh, services as well as help through the uh, through the job search process, and so we did everything. And there were people there who typed their letters. Um, we went through a lot of things as far as skills assessments and uh, evaluating what next steps they would want to take, um, interview skills, helping coach them through that. We would record them as they interviewed, and, and they would get that practice, which is really helpful, especially at that point. Well, we were using the DISC to help them understand how to better communicate with the people that they were interviewing with. Uh, a lot of times those people are those higher D personalities, and so uh, we coach them in how to match and communicate well with somebody who was that profile. Uh, it was very, very helpful, and that was when I became a real believer because I saw uh, how it helped people really connect. And so uh, that was how we used it there. And um, then I, when I came to my current firm, I found that they were using it as a hiring tool. So I took it uh, when I was going through the hiring process. No surprises. I came out just as I expected I would. Um, but they, we use it very much so in finding out how people will fit in specific departments or departments. You can just see the profiles depending upon what people are doing and how they fit into that profile. So, for example, all of the people in the tax department 
fall into that S and C range. The people in our litigation and mediation departments fall into that stronger D um, profile. Our front office and our marketing people uh, tend to be I's and S's. And so you, you could just see how that fit worked. But sometimes when you have uh, strong differences between departments, it can be a challenge to communicate. And so we have used it extensively in, in helping understand how to um, talk to each other. And um, sometimes, you know, we think one way and another person thinks another, and it can, it can be easy to almost feel offended and think, well, why did they say it that way or what were they thinking? And when you understand where they're coming from and what their thought process is, it really helps you kind of step back and go, oh, yeah, they're not doing this to be irritating or anything else along those lines. It really is the way they're processing. When you've got a grasp of that and get that big picture, communication is a wonderful thing. And that's how you develop a team is by understanding each other much better. Oh, that's great. And then let me just jump in regarding the how you use it for hiring. It's just one piece of the puzzle, right, when you're hiring? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, we so use I just wanted to clarify that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we don't use it just for that. We really use it to um, find out if they're detail-oriented, how we're going right. to communicate with them, how we're going to train them, because um, different people learn differently. And so that makes a difference, you know, on how we do that. But, no, there's an entire process. Process. It's just one piece of the puzzle. Right. Okay. Just want to clarify that because that's always <laughs> something that I'm always telling people because people love this because people gravitate to it and they can see it and it's obvious just like you said, but sometimes it can get, get a little too much weight and that's always what I caution folks about, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which is exactly sure. what you're yeah. doing. You're heeding that caution. So it sounds like it, internally it's been a powerful tool to help the different departments figure out how to communicate with each other. Um, and then now it sounds like you're using it with outside teams that are getting yes. their accounting uh, work done through your firm. I am. Uh, I do um, a fair amount of team development um, for some of the companies that are a little bit bigger and have budgets and, and have the thought process to go that far. And it's a great way to um, bring the people together and, again, help them understand where they're coming from, how to communicate right. better. Um, so I've done it with um, a number of teams. And I think the thing that's really important about it is that it can be such um, a fun process. Sometimes people are a little bit nervous and they think, I don't want you to get into my head or they don't. <laughs> yeah, they say it's psych <laughs> test. I, got, I took that psych test. Yeah. yeah, I know. Hold on. I'm not going to let you know who I am or, or yeah. they don't give it any credibility. And uh, it's always so much fun to have them take the assessment and then see the results. And, you know, almost always you get this, how do you know that about me? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the resistance yeah, fades away because it's so accurate. It does. <laughs> it does. It does. It's like, whoa, how can this is right on? How, how can that possibly be from just this limited amount of information that I gave you? Um, how does that all come together? And then the other thing that's interesting, too, is that as you explain it to the entire group and they start to understand 
um, all the different components of each of the the different letters, we'll call them. Um, yep. They get really good at saying, oh, yeah, and so-and-so is this. And, you know, they start to put all those pieces together. And then yep. you can do a lot of fun activities um, to just draw them into it. And so I love it just because it's a fun process and it's a real uh, it just brings a great awareness to them, yeah. you know, as to how they can work better together. Yeah. So I think Isn't it awesome how quickly thing. people people get it too? Like you said, very quickly they'll say, "Oh, this style does this." And I mean, it's it, that's one of the reasons I like it is it's it, people can grasp it very quickly and start using it almost immediately. Oh yeah, and and the more you use it, of course, the easier it is, uh, and you can be in just about any party or any room, and you and you go, oh well, they're a whatever. And you not that you want to stereotype people, but you start to pick up on those things really quickly, and I think it's helpful when you're in those situations um, to help you know how to interact with people because yeah. many of us aren't super comfortable with getting to know new people. And, and I think it's a great tool um, to help people increase that, that um, comfort level. Yeah, to start to understand where people are coming from and um, what their preferences are and how to communicate with them. Yep, that, that is a good point about if you're uncomfortable in crowds or in groups, this is a tool that can help you with that too. Definitely. And um, just smart. last week, I had um, the opportunity, I was working with a uh, supervisor and employee who were having some struggles. They just, they were not sure if they really trusted each other. And, um, and it came down to communication in a, in a very big way. And mm -hmm. so um, they had each taken the um, DISC profile and then I sat down with them and um, we actually went through each dimension and compared them and and we talked about you know this is what's important to this person and this is what's important to the other and now you can see you know why they're looking for this from you as something that maybe you don't put that high on your priority list but it's incredibly important to them and it, it was great to just kind of see the light bulbs go off and uh-huh um, I really felt that uh, we made a lot of progress in what was uh, becoming a very tense situation, and um, and it was great to get feedback after the fact um, to say thank you, and, and that really did help me a lot. So that's encouraging, too. It's always nice to know that you're helping people through that process. Yeah. And it sounds like it helped them understand each other so much better, so much more quickly than just conversation. It's like, to me, I see the assessments as just a tool to focus and um, uh, get information a lot more quickly than if you had had 10 conversations. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. it allowed us to just get right right to the heart of the matter, really. Um, yeah. And they had that visual, you know, they could look at their graphs and I could compare them and say, you know, here's where you're high, here's where you're low, do you see why why that could be a little bit of an issue. And then we would talk about the components of each of those pieces. So it, yeah. it worked really, really well. Congratulations. That's good. That's real good. Well, so that's, a, that's a, an example. That's it was fun. Energy, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. To see them re reduce some of their tension with each other um, and then get a plan to, you know, how, how they can kind of interact in a different way. 
It works. So when you use this with teams, you have everybody on the team take it. They, do they get their report in advance? How do you do that? Um, you know, I prefer not to give them the report in advance, mainly because I want to start with an introduction and help them get an overview, and then right. we, we play a little game. So, what do you think you are? <laughs> ah, <laughs> perfect. The person next year is. And, okay, so you um, give the descriptions is, and then have them guess. Okay. Exactly. And right away, of course, that engages them because yep. it's game playing in many ways. Um, yes. That, you know, then you find out if they understood what you said based on whether they're putting people in the right groups. Very ah. seldom are people surprised. Um, yep. You know, they, they can peg people pretty quickly once they understand uh, what it all stands for. So that's really fun. And that's why uh, it's a great tool. I've done everything from just a, a quick two hour to half a day um, yep. uh, workshops. It just depends on how much time they have and how big a group it is. But you can do a lot of fun things to get people engaged and understand the disc. Yeah. And put it into play so it actually makes a difference. Right. That's wonderful. Right. Yeah. So now you were using the DISC earlier on in your career, and then you and I met online because um, you were looking at getting certified. And I was curious about the, what you thought of that you, you did the self-study certification through the vendor that I use and through some tools that uh, you know, I shared with you through my vendor. What did you think about the DISC certification? Um, do you think it was worth doing? How hard was it? Why did you do it? Just kind of a little bit mm -hmm. about getting certified, how it helped you, or if it, if it hasn't helped you, just honestly sure. what your take is on that. Sure. Well, I think that there's always a certain credibility that goes along with certification that shows that you have studied it, that you're not just picking up an instrument and guessing, but that you have studied it. Uh, and I'm a student at heart, and I yes. work in, a, in an environment that really values education and being an expert in an area. So that, that was really one of the big motivators. Um, I've used it for a long time and understood it, but the, the self-study process really um, brought me to a deeper understanding. You know, I was very focused as I prepared to take the exam and, and read yep. through all the study materials, and I found them very helpful. I really did. So I learned in that process as well. Um, the exam... It was not difficult. I, I probably overstudied a little bit, but I would rather yep. do that and make sure that I can. Yeah, <laughs> then go to take it and not not do well. Duh. Yeah, good for you. Exactly. You're never sure exactly what it's going to look like, and so, um, but but that was all okay. And then uh, and then I do feel good about having that uh, certification yeah. behind my name and, and saying I, I've made the effort to. Uh, become somewhat of an expert in this area and feel comfortable sharing um, my insights too as I'm looking at people's profiles and just kind of guiding them through the process, yep. understanding what the instrument's saying and, and you know, that interpretation, which I think, you know, they probably uh, wouldn't, I just wouldn't be able to do it as well, I guess, if I didn't have that behind me. Yeah, that extra time you did the self-study and the research and reading and learning and preparing pays off, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. 
And how long? I can't remember what your time frame was. It seems like you moved through it pretty quickly. Once you get the self-study material, our deal is you, you take it when you're ready, and it's an online exam. But I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Did it take you three months or something? Oh, what, I'm you not sure. The timeline? I don't think it, I don't think it was very long. <laughs> no. I'm a pretty um, self-motivated person. <laughs> yes, so, you are. Uh, when I decided that that's what I was going to do, that's what I did. Um, you did it maybe so in a month? I, was it that quick? I, it probably was that quick, but I, I had a huge advantage in that I had been using the instrument for quite a while. True. And yep. so I, this was really just providing um, some more in-depth background for me. I, I definitely knew what a DIF and a C were and what they stood for yep. and how they interacted with each other. So I did come in with a bit of an advantage uh, having right. that background. Um, yep. Yep. So yeah, I, I did it quickly. And the letters for those of you who aren't familiar with this DIS certification through the organization that I work with is a Certified Professional Behavioral Analyst is a certification uh, that Sandy has and that I have, and it's a CPBA. Just for information's sake. Um, and I tell you, one other thing I'll just throw in here as a tip, if anybody is doing this certification, now Sandy was already familiar with the uh, letters, as she just said, and with the tool and had used it, uh, but a great way to get uh, up to speed more quickly is to sample people. So I give people the opportunity to use sample assessments and to sample your your husband, anybody that I, when I first got certified or work, was working on this, if anybody was breathing around me, I asked them to take the disc assessment because I wasn't familiar with it. And it's, it, you know, that helped register it for me, seeing, seeing the assessment and seeing the styles, it made it all very real and grounded kind of the information. Um, so that's another, a little tip around that on how to be ready for something like that. Is having right. you know have people you know because you know what they're how they act when you interact with them every day and then when you see the assessment it's kind of like being a student in your, one of your classes. Um, uh, Sadie, have you ever had anybody so far resist the uh, results or not like them or be very defensive? You had any of I that? Honestly, I haven't. I've had some people a little bit resistant before taking the assessment, as I mentioned right. earlier. You're not going to get into my head, um, but right. no, I I have not had I have not had anyone say, "Hey, this is not me." Yeah, I me neither. I know. That. No, yeah. uh, not at all. And you know, one of the things that I love is, of course. You know, for years I used the the, the paper book and the self score ball, and, and yep. then I would write my own feedback report. And I just oh. love now that they can take it online, and it just pulls yep. everything together. And it, it's just it's a beautiful report. It, it addresses yep. so many things that I could not have taken care of in my report that I was giving. So it, it's yeah. much more in-depth than what I was doing in the past. And and the other thing that's great when you are working with the team is the um, team wheel um, that yes. kind of plots everybody into this wheel. And the visuals are just always so helpful to people um, yep. to get it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I recently was working um, with one um, company and Everybody was to the one side of the wheel. Uh, there were a bunch of D's and I's. Are we, are we missing anything? No, actually. 
<laughs> they were all C's and S's. Oh, you were on the um, on the other side. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and so it was really interesting um, to have that interaction. Yeah. It based on their industry, it really yep. it kind of made sense. But at right. the same time, we were looking for some leaders and and that kind of thing. And um, it, it was it was just funny. We all had yeah. to laugh about. It. Yeah. So those of you who are listening who have not seen the disc wheel, it's it's a wheel that's very colorful, and there's four styles, D, I, S, C, and the, the uh, D and the I, the S and the C are around the wheel, and then you plot people based on how strong each one of their areas were, because we're usually a combination of the styles. And so, what, and when you do a whole team, you can see where each person is on the wheel, which will give you indication of, you know, if they're a D and an I or they're an S and an I or, you know, see, so and apparently this team was all S's and C's, which is the uh, think before you talk kind of style, more conservative, uh, analytical, likes to do things one at a time, accuracy. So that was interesting that they were all on that side of the wheel. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, And it helped them as a team to see it and have some discussions around, you know, how is that a strength and how is that a potential opportunity for us kind of thing? Do they have those kind of conversations? Absolutely. And and I'm actually working with a company on some strategic planning and understanding some of the things that they need to go forward. All of the dimensions are important, uh, you know, and if, if everybody is the same, then we don't necessarily need everybody you know that's why why we're all different and and unique individuals but you need to have that balance and um so it was a great tool to help them understand that and then um now to go forward moving knowing some of the things that we're looking for that we're missing yeah oh that's really good that's really good so you have shared lots of good information, and we've done it in a very quick order. Uh, I think my last question, and maybe we've already covered some practical tips, but I didn't know if you had any practical tips uh, around using the disc, things that you like to do. You shared one about the exercises and having people um, guess their style and guess their neighbor's style, which helps them get used to it and also tells you how much they've taken in what you just shared. Um, what are some other tips that you can think of? I think you say you like to give the assessment that you haven't taken in advance and give it to them in the class. Other things you can think of that would help people who are trainers and facilitators who are listening to this? I think the main thing is to help people feel comfortable and understand that there aren't right and wrongs, yeah. but that it, it, it has to do with preferences and the way we think and the way we process. And, and we have the ability to adjust what we are in a certain dimension to match, not to mimic, uh, not to be a copier, but to bring yourself closer to where that individual communicates so that you communicate better. I always think communication is a two-way street, but sometimes you have to be the person to move a little closer to what the other person is comfortable in order for them to start moving to you. And so I think it's just a great, great tool uh, to use in that regard because if I encounter somebody who is quite different from uh, from, uh, the person that I am, if I understand the things that they're looking for, then I can adjust the way I communicate to them so that they hear me and understand what I'm trying to say. Well said. That's awesome. Thank you. 
So if anybody is listening now, now if somebody wanted to reach out to you to see if you could maybe do something with their team, is that something you do or do you always do it through your company? Could they contact you directly for a team building session? They, or? they, would, they would contact me through my company. Okay. So would it be okay to give that information if somebody's listening Absolutely. and they're saying, well, I'd like to ask her some questions or I might want to have Sandy come and do a team thing for me? Um, how would they reach you, Sandy? Well, the easiest way, I'm actually going to go ahead and give you my work phone number. That's okay. Okay, great. Um, and I'll put but, it in the show notes. There'll be show notes for this, um, and I'll, I'll list it there as well. Perfect. All right. Um, the name of the company is quite lengthy, so that's why I thought it would be easiest to give you yeah, the phone number. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the phone number is area code 239-433-5555. Okay. Uh-huh. 239-433-5554. Correct. Do you have any social media that you do? Do you do LinkedIn or anything? I do. You can find me on Sandy Peterson at LinkedIn. And then how do you spell Sandy on on LinkedIn? Is it? It's Sandy, S-A-N-D-I-E. Okay. That's what I thought. And then Peterson, P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N. Correct. Okay. Great. Well, thank you, Sandy. You have been awesome. This has been very helpful. I appreciate everything that you shared. I'm glad we've gotten to know each other, um, that we found each other online, and that you're involved in this, and it sounds like you're doing real good work with teams. Well, thank thank you. you. You've been very helpful as well. I truly appreciate all the insights you've given me, so thank you. We're all in this together, aren't we? We sure are. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sandy. And if you have any interest in disc certification, I have uh, self-paced classes, uh, classroom, or virtual for groups of trainers, and there's a link for that on the show notes, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash disc, D-I-S-C. Or you can actually move that little cover art on your iPhone and click on the link and it'll be there for the show notes. And you can see the link about certifications. So as we go to close today, I want to just review with you about this podcast, things I'm going to cover. So the podcast, Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast, came about because I was a journalism major in college. I love uh, anything to do with creation and interviewing. And so what I ended up doing when I got out of college was I went straight to to work for a corporation in uh, human resources, operations, community service type things. And that's where my career took me in the operations and human resource training world. But I always watch and think, oh, I could have been an interviewer. So I'm not sure, you know, when I see the news and such. So I'm not sure that my skills are really up to snuff uh, like the famous people on TV. But I have a passion for knowledge and knowing and getting to know people and understanding what they're doing. And uh, I have a passion for Wake Up Eager, which is this thought that, you know, if we do these certain things, but this idea, if we do these certain things, and I've listed five habits, that if we do those things as leaders in our world, we will be a wake-up eager leader. And so that's how this all came together. Um, and so my love for interviewing, my interest in sharing knowledge, creating content, and my 
interest in contributing to the world in a way that has to do with the workforce and has to do with this idea of helping people enjoy their life and be a good fit for their job and the wake up eager. So there's going to be five content focuses uh, of this podcast. There'll be a focus around, you know, what tools can we do that helps bring out the best in others? And that's one of the wake up eager habits the, called Activate Greatness. So how do we bring out the best in ourselves and in others? So we'll look at tools. And this podcast today is a bit like about that topic. Uh, the second topic is, is going to be around growing trust. That's one of the wake up eager habits. If leaders are good at growing trust, um, they're going to have a stronger workforce. So we're going to talk about why trust is crucial to growth and how to build it in your company and in your relationships. So that'll be a focus. Employee selection is important to a wake up eager workforce and a wake up eager leader because you need to have the right people in the right jobs. And so one of the wake up eager habits is evaluate job fit. So uh, and I've written a book, How to Hire Superior Performers, around that topic, and I do workshops and talks around that. I'm very passionate about people knowing how to interview for fit and finding the right people on the job. So we'll talk about employee selection, and we'll talk about tools and tips for hiring the right people and putting them in the right seats so that you can have a wake-up eager workforce, because that's the starting point usually, big part of it. We'll talk about the business of training. So I'm going to focus on resources and tools for talent development. So I'll be sharing them here. I'm very interested in ASTD, which is a uh, American Society of Training Development, which they just changed it. It's Association of Training Development is the new title now. And I'm involved in the Southeast Association of Facilitators. So I'll be on the hunt for tools and resources and people to interview around areas that can just improve talent development that would be helpful to you, the leader, the trainer, or the consultant. And then lastly, the fifth topic is going to be around training effectiveness. So how do I make sure when I am taking the time to develop my talent that the work I do sticks? And so return on investment and how do I make sure that happens and how do I train and develop in a way that works long term? So I'll be doing all of that through expert interviews, sharing my experiences, sharing and revealing what I do and I've learned in my 10 years in business as an independent consultant and I'll attend conferences. That's the goal and interview people there. So that's a little bit of what and why around the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. And if you're interested in understanding more about the Wake Up Eager habits, I'll have a link for that on the show notes. If you want to stay in touch via Twitter, I'm at Wake Up Eager on Twitter. On Facebook, I also have a page, Wake Up Eager. And on LinkedIn, you can look me up on as Susie Price, S-U-Z-I-E-P-R-I-C-E. So don't forget, if you want to reach out to me to uh, send a note or do a complimentary consultation or just talk by email, it's pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Susie, S-U-Z-I-E. And the show notes, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash disc, D-I-S-C. All of that is lowercase. And our next topic is going to be around the motivators. What is workplace motivators? Uh, the assessment, how can it be used? I'm interviewing an expert, a colleague of mine. And so I'll be sharing that in the next episode. I look forward to our future programs and I really, really appreciate you being here today. So let's go out and have a great day and we'll talk soon. Take care. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 